0: One of the things that, that I've noticed for me over these last eight weeks or plus, uh, with all of the changes that have gone on, I think I've had what I think has been about three different phases. The first phase of, as COVID-19 was announced and the restrictions began to come in, I just called it chaos. Uh, there was all of the uncertainty around finances, around staff, around how to how the, to look after our church staff, some of my responsibilities of C3 Global, uh, and then my own business, what, what that would all look like. And so the first four weeks was contingency plan, and how do we do this, and if this happens, what happens? And it was just chaos, a lot of adrenaline, a lot of energy, and trying to work it out. Then the next phase I guess if you like and I call it a phase once we got through chaos and like okay this is now the new normal don't know how long it's going to last but it's the new normal Uh, it it was kind of like I started to find a bit of a rhythm But with all of the energy that had got put out in those first four weeks, all the adrenaline, plus now a a reduction of the emotional fills that I'd be used to of people, interaction, and all the things that I love to do but aren't doing anymore, in this new normal, I found myself, and you might relate to this, I found myself feeling quite flat. Uh, I would have probably more blah days than not. And so in that moment, my, I'm really relying on discipline. Uh, I, I didn't feel like exercising, but i I'm just, I partnered up with someone who helped me to exercise and go for a run and different things like that. And many of you kind of relate to that, that sort of those blah feelings. And we hear, and we talked about this last week on Mother's Day, we, we hear that it'd be great. Let's just th- thrive through this whole season. But I know many days I was just trying to survive and stay focused and positive going forward. And then the last little while, I found myself uh, coming out of that and finding not just a new rhythm, but also I found myself as a sense of this is a season of opportunity. There's something uh, that I believe that in the midst of all of what's going on, there's no doubt in my mind God did not cause COVID-19, but God in his redemptive foreknowledge always grabs seasons and redeems them and he works his purpose for good in it. And so I found that there's like a sense of a stirring of God doing something and an opportunity arising. Now, you might be in one of those phases I've just described, or, or you might be just in the overwhelmed, lots of kids at home, don't know. Well, I'm not sure what phase you're in. Maybe you're feeling really lonely. But, but I want to bring a prophetic message over these next two weeks that's been really stirring in my heart. And I want to bring it to us today out of this season of a sense of opportunity and new things. So the title of my message is simply, Behold, I Do a New Thing. This is God speaking to us. I believe it with all my heart prophetically. God is saying, Behold, I'm doing a new thing. As I've reflected on it, I thought back to the first day of this year, 2020. And the first day of this year, I found myself on an airplane flying back from Sydney. I'd just been in a dreaming service where people were dreaming about the year ahead and what they were believing for. And I found myself uh, in conversation with God and God saying, I want you to dream for the decade. What does the next 10 years look like for your church? And I wrote this down and out of prayer and conversation with Danielle. And it's been a little while since I've read it. I read it every every service in February. It's been a little while, but I want to read it again because I believe that this dream that God's put in our heart hasn't changed. He knew COVID-19 was coming. And maybe it's going to be a catalyst for some of the things that I wrote. But I want to read it to us again about our church in the 20s, dreaming for the decade. I said this, I see our church in a season of revival. A powerful move of God with radical salvations, healings, and young people being apprehended for the call of God. There is extraordinary momentum with a thousand people being saved in a year and increasing until one day we see a thousand people saved across a weekend. I see us being a leadership factory, training and raising up and empowering leaders who are brilliant disciple-makers. There is a multiplication of leaders of all ages who are gripped by a strong and unshakable call of God, which causes them to lay down their lives for the gospel. I see us established in our new premises on Power Road. It's a landmark facility. This will be a demonstration of God's power, a result of a series of miracles that echoes across the nation's. The Lord will be glorified for doing exceedingly, abundantly above all that we could ask or think. I see new church locations starting with Melbourne in 2020. We're believing for five new church plants over the course of the decade. These locations are supernaturally in their own buildings because we broke through first on the Sunshine Coast. I see our church filled with entrepreneurs and influencers Innovative, cutting-edge marketplace leaders who excel in every sphere of society. Government, media, sport, entertainment, education, business, and more. Entrepreneurs who set the standard for business excellence, leadership, and wealth creation. I see our church consistently experiencing powerful healings. There is a breakthrough anointing on our church. People get healed in their seats during worship and watching online like right now. People are flying in to be in our services because they've heard miracles are happening at C3 Powerhouse. And I see us being renowned for kindness in our community. Our reputation is for generosity, compassion, and practical help for those who are in need. We're a haven of love, hope, and acceptance for all, radiating God's love into our community and beyond. This is C3 Powerhouse in the 20s. I love to read that again and be reminded of all that God's intention is for us as a church. And Danielle, my prayer is for you that in this decade, your life will flourish. You'll go deeper in your walk with God. The revelation of who God is will get stronger and stronger in your life. You'll flourish in every sphere of your world, in your finances, in your marriage, in your family, in your relationships, in your business, in your health. In the call of God on your life, you will flourish. And that's our prayer for you today. So I find myself... Looking at this scripture in this, se- this next phase that I've been in, and I've, you know what? I've found myself drawn into prayer like never before. It's, it's, it's an interesting season for me. I've found myself drawn. And often I find God does things in me that he wants to do for the church. And so this scripture has come alive to me, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 and 19. It says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Another version says they've already come to pass. For see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Don't you perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. This is a prophetic promise to the children of Israel, where God's saying via the prophet Isaiah, we're remembering the Red Sea and how you were delivered out out of the Egyptians and all the miracles that God did and how amazing it was back in that day. But he comes and he says, but now it's time to forget that because I'm going to do a new thing. And he looked down down the barrel of time prophetically and he saw on one level that out of the captivity of Babylon, the children of Israel would be set free again. That would happen in the future. But more than that, he looked into the future outside of the old covenant into a new covenant. Where one day, through Jesus, God would make a way that we would no longer have to be focused on being law keepers and rule followers. But we would be ones who would walk into a relationship. Behold, I do a new thing. And that's what's coming. Forget the past. That he would work miracles ways in the wilderness, rivers in the, in the desert. And I love this. It's the nature of God that He wants to do new things. I like this. And I read this a couple of weeks ago. It's my prayer for our church, Psalm 84 verse 6. As they pass through the valley of Baca, which means weeping or a desert place, as they pass through a dry place or a place of weeping, and maybe that's exactly what this season is for you, a dry place. Maybe you've found your motivation for your walk with God has dried up. Maybe you're, you're, you're constantly in the blahs, as I describe them, or constantly feeling overwhelmed or anxious. As you pass through that valley, our prayer is this, that it would become a spring, that it would become a place of life, that rain would cover it with pools. You'd find in the middle of a desert, God would do something miraculous. He would do a new thing. What could a new thing look like for you? What might God be wanting to do for you that's new in this season? Maybe it's a new revelation of himself. Maybe it's a new vision for your family. Maybe it's a new priority of family. You've discovered that you actually like your family and you're spending more time together. And out of this season, God's doing something new and you're going to reprioritize some things going forward. Maybe it's a new level of freedom, a new experience that you have. Maybe you're watching today and you've got your toes dipped in the edge of spiritual things in church, but you haven't jumped in and you're not in a relationship with God. Maybe the new thing for you is today when I lead us in a prayer, like Lani talked about of committing his life to Christ. Maybe as you do that today, you'll, the new thing that's going to happen for you is you'll become new spiritually connected with God. Maybe it's a fresh encounter with God himself. Maybe you've lost your first love as Danielle talked about and and you need to get that passion for God back like you had it when you were a new Christian. Maybe that new thing is a new aspect of prayer. You're going to go deeper. Maybe there's a, a new dimension of God's call for your life. And I feel this even as I'm saying it right now. A new dimension of God's call for your life that will suddenly be awakened. I remember in the first couple of years of marriage, and I wasn't very involved in in, in church life, but I was running my business. I remember talking to my pastor and saying, I used to think I was called to, to be involved in leadership and pastoring in church, but I don't think that's the case anymore. I told him, I think I'm called to business. And then I remember a season where God began to do a new thing in me. And the call of God to, to not just not to forget about business, that would always be part of who I am, but a new dimension of God's purpose and call came alive to me. And I believe in this season, some of you, even as you hear me saying this, you've put yourself in a box and you've said, this is the pathway of my life, but God's coming to say, no, I'm apprehending you for a new thing for your life. Maybe it's a new mindset. Maybe it's a new focus. Maybe it's a new gift that God wants to place in you. But I'm telling you today, behold, God is doing a new thing in your life. And I don't want you to miss it. I don't want us to come out of the season of all the restrictions or out of 2020 and just go, "Well, put a pen through that, cross that off. I thought all this was going to happen, but it didn't. This it got sideswiped. Maybe it didn't get sideswiped. Maybe God is wanting to get your attention right now and and apprehend you for a fresh encounter with Him. Can I stir a passion in your heart to find out what God's doing in this season, what He's got for you in your life? The last little while, Danielle and I have found ourselves having these prophetic dreams. The dreams have been about babies and birthing and no, we're not going to have any more babies. That's a physical impossibility. But... We've been having dreams. And one of the crazy dreams we've both had separately is of of triplets being born. And we've compared notes and like, what the heck? What's God doing? And it's accelerated for both of us this sense that it's a season of God birthing new things in our life and our church and our ministry. New things, multiple things. I don't know what it all means. It reminds me of when we started to do, because Daniella, she said, is a midwife, and we started to do the birthing classes, but because she knew what was going on and what to expect, it was just a matter of bringing me on the journey of what to expect. And so we did birthing classes at home. We watched these little instruction things, and I, watched, I, I listened until we got to the watching a live birth. And can I just say to all the, the guys out there, when, when your partner, when your wife says, we need to watch a live birth to, to understand what we're coming in for, it's a trap. It's, it's Don't go there. Don't do it. Ignorance is bliss. Just take their word for it. You don't want to go to the whole birthing world. That's why we had Mother's Day last week. It's amazing. Mums, you're incredible. And I'm not going to pretend to have any idea about how to birth a baby naturally. But I do know some things about how to birth something spiritually. And I want to talk a little bit about that, of how, how God does new things in our life. Normally, they don't just drop into our world. Normally, they don't just happen. Normally, God puts something in our spirit by a word or a prophecy. We get pregnant with a God thing, and it comes from the Word of God into our spirit. And then it's up to you and I to carry that thought that comes from God, that idea that comes from God, and to pray it into being. And that's what I want to talk about a little bit today. We're two Sundays away from Pentecost Sunday. We're two Sundays away from uh, historically remembering where Jesus went to heaven and, and he said, I want you to wait for me to send the promise of my Father, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, who's going to come for you. And Jesus said, something new is about to happen, but I want you to wait. He didn't just say, I want you to go about your normal business and when it's time, the Holy Spirit's going to come. He said, I want you to adopt a position that prepares you for a new thing. And today I want to encourage us as a church and for everyone who's watching, I want us to adopt a spiritual position that prepares us for the new thing that God wants to do for you, for me, and for us. I want us to understand that new things are birthed in the secret place. I hear the Holy Spirit whispering to you and to me, I want you to draw aside into a secret place. Jesus said this in Matthew 6, verse 6. But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you've shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. The secret place. I I think it's really important for every one of us. And maybe this is one of the upsides of of not being totally reliant on our church experience for our walk with God, but it's for us to discover our secret place. Where's your secret place? It's not so much that you've got to go into a room and close the door as that you have to have a, a, a physical location that takes you to a spiritual encounter or experience. That might be the beach for you every day. I know Pastor Phil Pringle, the leader of C3, uh, loves to walk the beach for his time of prayer with God every day when he's at home in Sydney. Maybe for you, that's on your bed. It's in your bedroom. Maybe it's, maybe it's the lounge room. Maybe it's in your, you, you, you have to get into your car because you share a house with other people. And that's your secret place. Maybe it's a, an office or a study. For me, I love to go into a study and, and turn the lights out as much as I can to just dis- take away the distractions and lock into me and God. And I close that door and that's closing the distractions to everybody else. Susanna Wesley, the mother of Charles and John Wesley, she had 10 little kids. And it's said that what she would do is she would often uh, tell the kids, she'd sit in the house, pull her apron over her head and and tell them, when mom's got the apron over her head, don't disturb her. That's her secret place. That's her place with God. She changed the world by raising kids in a place of prayer through John and Charles Wesley. She changed the Christian world. Remarkable. So we go into a secret place and I hear God drawing us. Now, for some of you, that might be for five minutes a day. That's that's all that your family life allows you to do. For others of you, it might be half an hour a day or an hour a day. Or for some of you who are intercessors, you feel God calling you to pray for hours a day. It's not a matter of comparing times. It's a matter of responding to the nudging of the Holy Spirit to be drawn into extra prayer. And I'm calling us as a church not to extra prayer meetings, which I'd often do, but just to extra prayer over these next couple of weeks. Maybe there's something new that God wants us to birth. I'm doing this myself. I know that as C3 Powerhouse people, we are praying people. You are praying people. We know how to go into that secret place. We know how to stir ourselves up and lay hold of God. We know how to pray. We know that if the power of God is going to be released into our circumstances and our lives, it doesn't happen through somebody else. It happens because we know how to apprehend God in prayer. And I want to just talk really briefly about three things as we go into that secret place, a little more than we normally would to discover that new thing and to birth that new thing. The first is, let's pray with anticipation. Let's pray with an expectation not to go, oh, okay, pastor said I should pray a bit more. So I'm ticking off the list. I've prayed a bit more, i prayed a bit more. But no, let's go into that secret place with an expectation that God is doing something. That God is up to something. We're saying Waymaker. Even when I can't see it, He's moving. Even when I don't feel it, He's moving. God is up to something. And when He does it through prayer as we partner, I love it. He said to the disciples, Jesus, as he was leaving in Luke 24, 49. Now I will send the Holy Spirit, just as my father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven this i I love this they had no idea what that was going to look like they had no idea what was about to come it was a new thing that god was about to do so so sometimes we've got to take away all our expectations and just say god do that new thing that you want to do i don't know what it looks like i don't know what it is it's not my list that i'm praying for but i'm praying for more of you i want an encounter with god that changes me so pray with anticipation. The next thing is, I want you to pray in tongues. Oh man, I love praying in tongues. Uh, pr- the Praying in tongues is a spiritual language that the Holy Spirit gives us when we get filled with the Holy Spirit. If you don't have that spiritual language, you can get that spiritual language. We we do a course called Alpha. And at the end of Alpha, there's an encounter moment where people get prayed for to be filled with the Holy Spirit. When we come to Pentecost Sunday in two Sundays time, there will be an emphasis on, on that live Sunday night meeting. And I don't know, live is going to be fun. We're normally pre-recording, but Anything could happen when we go live. But I'm expecting people in your cars and homes to get filled with the Holy Spirit, to get a heavenly prayer language. Because speaking in tongues is a powerful way of bringing spiritual realities into our world. We, The Bible says this, Romans 8, verse 26 and 27. Likewise, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Oh, I love that. I don't know. I feel like I use my words up. I get a quota of words and I use them up every day. And when I'm coming to pray, I'm like, I don't really know what to pray. This tells me that God's given me a heavenly prayer language that comes directly from my spirit. Corinthians says this, for he who speaks in a tongue is not speaking to men, but to God. For no one understands him, but in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. Here's here's the awesome thing. I believe God, for you, has written down some new things that he's wanting to do. And I believe that you might not, and I might not, be really fully aware of what those new things are. In fact, I'm out of tune with what they are. But the Holy Spirit knows what the will of God is, and He prays and he intercedes for us. And as I'm praying in tongues, this is what's happening. I'm praying in tongues, and the Holy Spirit is saying, God, that thing, that new thing, Father, would you do that thing for her? Would you do that thing for him? That new thing that you've got stored up, would you release it? That encounter that you've got, would you, would you let them walk into that? And I'm just praying in tongues, and I've got no idea what's going on. There's been numerous moments in my life where, where I've just, not because I felt like it, but because I just made a decision. God, there's a season. I'm dry and I need some fresh life or, or, or I know you're wanting to do something. I'm just going to set the clock every day to pray in tongues a certain amount. Maybe someone right now is making a decision for the next two weeks. I'm going to just pray in tongues. Extra 10 minutes every day, 30 minutes, an hour, five minutes, whatever it might be. But as the Holy Spirit prompts you, birth something new in prayer. Now, the third thing is if we're praying with anticipation, we're praying in tongues. The third thing is to pray until you see. Pray until you see. What, what do you mean, pray until I see? Because often in prayer, I, I, this is what I find, okay, and we can hear that, oh so-and-so prays and it's incredible and it's a moment it's it's amazing they must be so spiritual and so when i come to pray i'm distracted i don't feel like it i don't feel like it's making any difference so am i just not spiritual like so-and-so because they describe this amazing experience that they had but the truth is a lot of my prayer time i'm battling with my flesh my flesh is like, this is making no difference. There's a voice in my head that says, oh, don't worry about this. Just You're not spiritual enough. This this isn't making any difference. Nothing's happening. You're crazy. And, and I'm battling through my flesh, the devil, who knows how powerful it is. He's trying to shut it down. I'm battling through all of that. And, and the moments of, wow, there's the power. There's the presence. Or I'm seeing things in the spirit. They are, they're the minority of the time. It's not like the whole time I'm like, oh, the glory of God's in the room. It's awesome. I love it when I have those moments. But a lot of the time, and I love Dr. Yongyi Cho talks like this, a lot of the time, it's the work of prayer. I'm doing the work of prayer in the Spirit. And when you do that, it's like you dig deeper and deeper and every now and then you just hit a seam of gold. And when you hit that seam of gold, something begins to happen. You, you, you get in the Spirit. And when you're in the Spirit you begin to hear God clearer he begins to speak to you and you begin to see things habakkuk said this i'll stand my watch set myself on the rampart and i'll watch to see what god will say to me how he'll correct me what i'll watch to see you'll find that so often at the end of a season of prayer something builds up and and at the end of it you just god gives you a picture Something you can see or a thought. And this is, the, this is the point of prayer. So many people think they know the power of speaking truth. So they think, oh, well, if I just say it, it's going to happen. But that's not how it works. I've got to get it on the inside. I've got to see it. A majority of my prayer life is about fighting the fight of faith to get it on the inside, to to see, oh, this is what God's doing. This is what God's saying. And my spirit getting stirred up, and then I come out of it, and then I speak it. And when I speak what I sense and see in my spirit that I've done the work in the spirit for, then my words have power because I can see it. I believe God wants to show you new things. He wants to show you his secrets. He wants to show you what's ahead. That's his nature. And it'll come out of this place. Push past the discouraging thoughts. Persevere when your body says, give up, this is making no difference. Dig deeper and find those seams of gold in his presence because God is wanting to do a new thing in your life. Can I pray for you right now? Wherever you are, wherever you're seated or standing, would you close your eyes? Father, I'm praying that by your Holy Spirit that you would draw us into your presence. You'd draw us into the place of prayer, the secret place. That your Holy Spirit would just, like a magnet, pull us from the distractions. Pull us from the the things that would blind us to what you've got. Holy Spirit, you are doing a new thing. Without guilt, without condemnation, help us to find that secret place afresh. Pour out your Holy Ghost. Pour out, pour out, pour out. You know what the new thing is for every one of us. I believe you're stirring for a new thing. For our church, that in this season something's being birthed, let it flow, I pray, in Jesus' name.